So like many of you here in the United States, maybe you saw the speech by President Biden on Thursday night. I saw enough, and I pretty well decided not to say too much about it on today's program, but but a thought occurred to me, so I'm going to say a few things after all. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the weekend edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Now here, here in the United States, this is the Labor Day holiday weekend. Monday is technically Labor Day. And it kind of is the unofficial end of summer for many people here in this part of the Northern Hemisphere. I can remember as a young child, we lived in New York State at the time and and we got out of school, whether it be elementary or high school, sometime in June, about mid-June. And the first big event that people had, at least when I was growing up, was the 4th of July. I can remember there was a beach near my grandparents' house and they had an all-day party for families on the 4th of July. And then they had one more on the Labor Day weekend when people were getting ready to go back to school. School for me started the Wednesday after Labor Day. And so here we are, another Labor Day. I can't believe that two-thirds of the year 2022 are already behind us. Well, I promised myself I wasn't going to spend too much more time today, and I'm not going to spend a great amount of time talking about the speech given by Joe Biden in Pennsylvania on Thursday night. I had shared with you comments that he had made earlier in the week and also emphatic comments that were made by his uh, press secretary, Corinne Jean Paris. And it was pretty obvious that they were setting the stage for what's going to be this political season. Now, understand, I I know a lot of you are listening in other parts of the world, so I'm going to give you just a little bit of an understanding of of how politics and seasons work here in the United States. And I've been following politics since I started voting 50 years ago. While politics never goes away, and in this age of 24-7 news cycles on cable and satellite TV and the internet and social media, while politics never really goes away, the official season ramps up around Labor Day because the election is going to be held in November, that first Tuesday in November. Unless, of course, the Tuesday is the first of the month and it's going to be postponed to the following week. So we have this beginning of the campaign season. They've been leading up to it for a while. So everything that's been said this week is going to be, listen to me carefully, this is going to be the platform that the Democrat Party here in the United States is going to run on. And one of the problems that I run into with people, even in the United States, but particularly friends that I have in other parts of the world, is they only know the United States from what they see in their news media. I live here, and I can tell you that when I watch MSNBC or CNN, 
I realize they're nothing but liars. They distort the truth. If you believe the BBC, if you believe CNN or CBC, Canadian Broadcast Corporation, you are exactly the useful idiot they want because you believe anything they tell you. And here in the United States, because we really don't have a national network like the Australian Broadcasting Company or the British Broadcasting Corporation or the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, the closest we have is PBS, the public broadcasting system, which thoroughly leans left. So does Voice of America. Matter of fact, even during the time that Donald Trump was president, they were against him, and yet they're supposed to represent the United States government. But they represented really an insurrectionist move within the government. What do you mean? I thought it was the guys at Capitol Hill that were the insurrectionists. No. They have been trying to foment just anger against this president. They hated him. They despised him. Because remember, people that work at the Voice of America, people that work at your BBC or any of the other ones around the country, they're paid by the government. And normally liberal or leftist governments, they they well fund their propaganda organizations and they want to keep that money and that paycheck and the benefits alive. So anybody that threatens the swamp, the the well-established people in government that are not elected, well, they're considered a threat. Many in the upper echelon of the FBI where the paychecks are big and the benefits are huge, they don't want to be held responsible They like their political position. And honestly, as I said, if you had a chance, I know some only hear the program on the weekend. I said on Thursday that there's no doubt, and there are many others that are saying the same thing, that the FBI has been turned into the Democrat Party's Gestapo. I mean, they gave Hunter Biden a pass. His laptop. It's true. It is real. They admit it now, but they wouldn't admit it back in 2020. They lied and said, oh, it's Russian disinformation, hoping that the idiots that watch MSNBC and everything else would believe it, which they did. The point is, we now know even many of the reporters at those networks knew it was true and they were doing everything to lie to you. Why do you watch people that lie to you? And they willingly did it. Facebook willingly did it. Twitter willingly did it. Those agencies, those organizations, those companies, they will distort the news for an agenda. They have become propaganda ministers. And they enjoy their billionaire status at the top levels of those companies because the government allows them to be billionaire monopolies. And they're not going to want to change any of that. Google, Google's made it clear that they don't like President Trump. And they're going to do everything in their power, which I believe is illegal to do, to keep him from running. The speech, well, let me just, before I get into the things that Biden said, and and, and I I want people to understand that the speech was written, not by him, but I'm sure... A bunch of people that were 
testing words and verbiage, trying to make a point and an impact. But I'm going to dis- I'm going to distill it down to the truth in just a moment, so you can understand what's really happening here in the United States. We're we're at a crossroad. We are ultimately now at a crossroad, and we're going to have to deal with that in the not too distant future. To hear the Democrats talk about it, it's only Republicans and conservatives and and people that care about this nation that are really the loud and obnoxious and mean-spirited people. But go back four years ago, just four years ago, maybe five now, five years ago, Donald Trump is in office, and Maxine Waters, who is a congresswoman from one of the poorest districts in Los Angeles, and how she became a millionaire during her time in Congress, I have a question. How does a congressman become a millionaire? But she managed to do it. But she makes her little appearances in the poor sections of Los Angeles every once in a while. And this is what she had to say. So before you say, boy, those Republicans, they're mean and angry, listen to this congresswoman from almost five years ago. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome. There you have it, Maxine Waters. That's five years ago. Early on in the Trump administration, if you see any of the cabinet members, if you see anybody that's, you know, has anything to do with this administration, whether they're in a gas station, whether they're in a a store or a restaurant, you go up and you scream in their face and tell them they are not wanted here. Man, if, if Republicans were to go to Washington, D.C. and go into restaurants and start yelling in the faces of reprobates in the Congress. And when I say reprobates, I'm talking about the pro-abortion, pro-transgender, let the schools, you know, deal with your child and and tell your six-year-old child that that boy is really a girl. If you get in their face, you you be arrested. You can't do that. But when it comes to Democrats, they can scream for violence and blood and they get away with it. They really do. So I'm just going to play a handful of short excerpts from the speech. It'll give you everything you need to know. I'm going to say this up front. The White House, once again, the liar that gets in the podium, you know, the press secretary, said that this was a White House event. No, it was a political event. This was the opening salvo for the, shall we say, the election season. And the fact that, and understand, if you don't understand the law in the United States, the president, if if you work for the federal government, if you're in the military, you're not allowed to appear at a campaign rally in your uniform. It's, It's against the law. They don't want to be endorsing a political event. Yet if you saw the backdrop, it was the creepiest thing I've seen in a long time. It really, it just hit me as evil. It almost reminded me of 1930s Germany or something from the book 
1984. The red background and the two Marines standing in the shadows. And then Biden is giving a campaign speech. This is a violation of the Hatch Act. But then again, only Republicans are held to any any law. Democrats are always exempt. Just like I said on the Thursday broadcast, Hillary Clinton had all of these confidential and classified materials. And the FBI investigated and said, yeah, she had them. Yeah, she broke the law. But who cares? We're not going to prosecute then a former president who had every bit of authority to, and listen to this carefully if you live overseas, the president of the United States, when he was president, had the right under the Constitution, it has already been established law, to declassify anything. He doesn't have to answer to anybody. He is given ultimate authority. And what classified documents that Trump had, turns out, were declassified before the end of his term. And so this is much ado about political nonsense. All they are really trying to do is to create an optic and a new story for a season to destroy those in opposition to this very, this administration in Washington under Joe Biden has got to be one of the most evil administrations that has ever occurred in the United States. The lies that come out of that White House that can be easily fact-checked. Well, of course, the mainstream media just gives a pass. I'm a person that believes in the founding documents of this nation. The Declaration of Independence, which says that our rights come from God, not from government. I believe in the Constitution, which created a republic... And there's a difference between a republic and a pure democracy. The Democrats want to confuse you and lie to you and make you believe that the United States is a pure democracy. If it is, then we're doomed. Every pure democracy will come to its end for two reasons. Number one, they can vote money out of the treasury for themselves. And number two, when you trample on the rights of other people and and you crush them, you end up in civil war and then under a dictatorship. That's just how they end. And so here's Joe Biden on Thursday night talking about those evil Republicans and making the claim that they don't understand the Constitution. And listen carefully. Biden will continually use the word democracy, a term that does not appear in any of the nation's founding documents or the Constitution. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. And they're working right now, as I speak, in state after state, to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers to undermine democracy itself. Okay, I'm going to deal with this very quickly when it comes to the election of 2020. Remember that in 2020, the world was under the pandemic. Everybody was afraid to go outside. People wearing these face coverings to save them from the virus that was killing people. 
We've talked about that before. How many people needlessly died because of these strange treatment protocols? Doctors all over the world objected, but governments slammed them down and and demanded they comply or lose their license, go to prison. That happened. Don't you dare speak out against this. We need this crisis. And under that crisis, all over the United States, the law was broken in terms of how to handle the 2020 election. In Georgia, I know because we were living there. Let me tell you something. Those Zucker boxes, that's from Facebook in Fulton County. There are people that came back night after night after night, the same person that would have anywhere between 20 and 50 ballots in their hand and they're stuffing it into a box. This happened all over Atlanta. There was no way to verify were these legitimate ballots. Where do they come from? And we know from, well, cell phone data that a lot of these people just left some campaign office, a Democrat campaign office, with their ballots, they were getting paid to be mules to dump ballots at 3 o'clock in the morning. The election in Georgia was just like under 11,000 votes. And yet they figured there were hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of unaccounted ballots getting stuffed into boxes, and there was no signature verification. And once the ballots were open and, and they're put in the pile... You don't know which is a legit ballot and which one is a phony ballot, a fake ballot, an illegal ballot. And so anybody that says, but Bob, they recounted. If you recount ballots that are illegal, that are bogus, that are frauds, you're going to get the same illegal, fraudulent result. You can't take them out once they're in. It's kind of like if you're baking a cake and you need sugar and flour. And somehow you put in, oh, I don't know, a half a cup of salt. Oops. And then you make the batter. How do you get the salt out of that batter? You can't do it. This is what happened in in Pennsylvania, in Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, and Georgia. All of these illegal practices that violated state law which the Constitution demands be followed for an election, were violated. Violated by operatives. There is never going to be a way to really know how many fraudulent ballots there were. Looking at the numbers in that election and looking how things change with these ballot box drop-off being dumped into the pile, yeah, there's a problem. And so the Democrats make this fraudulent claim that that people that believe in the Constitution are somehow against fair and free elections. Listen to Biden ramble on. While the threat to American democracy is real, I want to say as clearly as we can, we are not powerless in the face of these threats. We are not bystanders in this ongoing attack on democracy. Once again, you hear President Joe Biden misrepresenting what this nation is under the Constitution. Every Democrat 
always refers to democracy, democracy, democracy. I don't care if it's Joe Biden. I don't care if it's the Speaker of the House. I don't care if it's the the leader of the Senate and the Democrat Party. I don't care who it is. They always want to use the word democracy. Democracy is dangerous in terms of being a constitutional republic. Because a democracy can vote to strip the rights away from one group. And that is not the intent of the founding fathers of this nation. You can't just vote to take away somebody's rights. That's what the Constitution stood for. They're defending the ability of saying, you know something? We don't care about your rights. We're going to vote and get rid of some people's rights because we can do it. That is what begins to tear your country apart and destroy it at its very core. Of course, people like me get upset when I I listen and see this stuff. But there's a thing called projection. In other words, accuse your enemy of what it is you are doing. My wife made a comment the other night, watching people on television in politics. And it seems that for the most part, whenever you see a Democrat or somebody that is pro-abortion, they're always mean and angry and they have this horrible look on their face. And people that love this country have a smile. Yet once again, Biden lies and, and says, you know, they're not the ones that are angry. It's only the MAGA, you know, the Make America Great Again Republicans that are driven by anger and hate and whatever phobe of the week is, you know, homophobe, this a phobe, that a phobe, or the other a phobe, you know, they're, they're the only ones that are hateful. MAGA Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. Now, allow me to address what he just said. He made the claim that those that care about this nation are living in lies. Well, Mr. Biden, Mr. President, let me clarify something about lying. I can remember back when you ran for president in the 1980s, you made claims that you were the top of your class. You weren't. You made claims that you were, you know, you made claims about your law degree and everything else that ended up being totally untrue. You were willing to lie to run for president. So you have a track record of dishonesty. You've also been in government for like a half a century. You're one of the swamp. But let me remind you, let's go back to 2016. During the campaign for president at that time, Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump. It was Hillary Clinton, a Democrat, along with the Democrat Party, that started a false narrative about Russian collusion. They lied to a court to be able to be clandestine and spy on the other side. And then when that didn't work to taint the election, they had a false dossier made up by a partisan out of England. 100% of it was untrue garbage. It was a lie. The FBI knew it was a lie. The National Security Administration knew it was a lie. The FBI knew it was a lie. The CIA knew it was a lie. All of it. Yet they took those lies before a judge 
to get to get warrants to spy on a political rival. And then after the election, when Trump won, because they didn't cheat enough in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Arizona, Ohio, and Pennsylvania, they thought they would get Florida. I'll say one thing about Florida after the 2000 debacle, you don't worry about elections there. They're safe and secure for real. And by the way, anybody that says having a voter ID, some kind of an ID to vote, is somehow racially discriminatory is a fool. That means you're saying that one group of people can't do what another can do? I find that rather insulting. I really do. We need identification. We need identification to travel, to pay certain bills, to drive a car, a lot of things in life, uh, medical, you need identification. So why is voting so different? Why do we want just anybody showing up that we don't know who they are? Of course, when you're bringing in 3 million new people from other countries, I guess you could have them vote too because nobody's going to ask questions. This is the problem we're running into. So remember, 2017, they started the Russian collusion hoax after Trump was sworn in. And then we had the Mueller investigation. Oh, I can remember watching these phonies, these these reprobates, these evil people on MSNBC and CNN just getting giddy, giddy, giddy. Oh, he's going to be indicted. There's going to be a perp walk from the White House. Ah. And it turned out to be a total fabrication and a lie. Every bit of it, 100% of it was a total fabrication and absolute lie. Did anybody get held accountable? Nope. Nope, we spent millions upon millions upon millions of dollars in an investigation and hearings. We smeared reputations, destroyed people's lives. For a game of politics... And I'm going to say it. The Democrats in this country are evil enough where they didn't care about the lie. They didn't care about any of it. They didn't care about who they destroyed. All they wanted to do is win at all costs. They'll crush you. If you're a Democrat that believes that transgenderism is a mental illness and not something that is a construct that a seven-year-old can make a decision on, they hate you. If you feel that marriage is between a man and a woman, as, as it states in the Bible, that's your opinion, then your opinion is being crushed. You're being told you're unworthy to be a citizen of this nation. The Democrats lied about Russian collusion. They even lied about the Ukrainian phone call. They've had two phony impeachments. And I have one other question. And I've got one more statement from from Mr. Biden. Why is it you talk so much about January 6th and the insurrection and there are a lot of people we know are FBI agents that were there goading on people to break in? Why is all that video not being released? If you really say it was an insurrection, let's see all of the video. I'm just going to come out and say it. And this is true in Canada as well. We're sitting at crossroads. 
I can't speak for Canada. I think that politically, what the government has done there for decades is buy the votes and people just do what they got to do to get along and keep their health care. So I don't know what hope Canada has. The United States is at a crossroad. Joe Biden claims that the Democrats are fighting for the soul of this nation. And this is how Joe Biden put it in their quest for the soul of this nation. I ran for president because I believe we're in a battle for the soul of this nation. I still believe that to be true. I believe the soul is the breath, the life, and the essence of who we are. The soul is what makes us us. The soul of America is defined by the sacred proposition that all are created equal in the image of God, that all are entitled to be treated with decency, dignity, and respect, that all deserve justice and a shot at lives of prosperity and consequence, and that democracy, democracy must be defended, for democracy makes all these things possible. Now, let's get a couple of things straight, Mr. Biden. You ran for president because you've been trying to run for president since, oh, I don't know, the 1980s and the 90s and the 2000s. You've had this desire to be the leader of the free world. You didn't run for any wonderful motive. You ran because you crave power. Look at how your family has made all of this money on a government salary. Your son smoking crack, being with prostitutes making deals, cutting you in for money. The family business is trading the Biden name and selling out the nation. You wanted the ultimate power to be able to have your own mega million dollar foundation to live like the elites. You did pretty good selling your office as senator and really good when you were a Senate, when you were the vice president under Barack Obama. Speaking of which, he once said, uh, never come to a knife fight, you know, with a knife, come with a gun. That was his words, not mine. Just so you know. When you're talking about angry rhetoric. The soul of this nation is on the line. The things that this nation was founded on, truth and justice, freedom, integrity, are all under fire by your party, Mr. Mr. President. And your campaign event, which doing it with a, with a pair of Marines standing up there is against the Hatch Act. And those Marines should have walked away because when they realized they were at a political event, if they had any integrity, they would have walked off the stage. If you had any integrity, you wouldn't have done this political stunt on live television with a military background. It looked threatening for a reason. Those that saw it, you're trying to establish your power, your party. It'll be done our way, and it'll be for the good of the nation. Adolf Hitler did the same exact thing. Same exact kind of rhetoric you just used. Talking about democratic, you know, ideals. Yeah, they were the Democrat socialist in Germany. You're looking for a one-party rule. You're wanting to do away with much of the Constitution to empower you to be in power forever. 
as a dictatorial party. You're not to be trusted. The heart and soul of this nation, our soul is rotten to the core under this administration. The Justice Department is no longer a department of justice. It's a department of injustice and double standards. There is no fairness left in this nation. An election was stolen. There's no doubt in my mind with all that we can see. And I don't want to hear anybody say, but the courts decided. The courts decided nothing. The courts were scared. And they used procedural reasons not to hear a case. No court ever really heard any of the legitimate evidence out there. Because if they did, they knew there'd be riots in the streets from Democrats. How dare you expose our cheating? We're entitled. The party that is pro-abortion, which is nothing but Moloch worship, killing, it's infanticide, killing children in the womb, period. They're all for it. The Democrat Party has embraced a Moloch religion and infant sacrifice is their sacrament. Understand that. I can remember when Al Gore, former vice president, when he was a senator from Tennessee, he was pro-life until (laughs) he got on the national stage with Clinton. Then he turned his back. I think the man has put his salvation in thorough jeopardy. And now he worships the earth, making millions, selling you lies about the earth, you know, and man-made climate change. Yeah, it's the party that says your child at, you know, at age six or seven can make their mind up. I'm not really a girl. I'm a boy or I'm a boy. Maybe I'm a girl. And teachers will lie to parents and not tell them and they will use the new preferred pronouns. We have such sexual deviancy in this nation, all of it endorsed by the Democrat Party. There was a time in this nation, I remember it well, when you could easily be a Christian and a Democrat or a Christian and a Republican or a Christian and an Independent. Today, I'm going to say it, you can get mad at me if you want. If you really believe the Democrat Party stands for all the things you stand for, then you're not standing with God. Not that I'm saying the Republicans do. I'm not making that claim at all. The claim I am making is the Democrats have gone out of their way to spit in the face of God and give him the finger. Now, Biden concluded his remarks with, I think, the biggest lie he has ever tried to sell to the American people. Listen carefully. Our task is to make our nation free and fair, just and strong, noble and whole. And this work is the work of democracy, the work of this generation. It is the work of our time, for all time. We can't afford to leave anyone on the sidelines. We need everyone to do their part. So speak up, speak out, get engaged, vote. Vote, vote. And once again, none of what he had to say is true. None of it. Their job is to divide this country, to put you into bondage to government, to take away your rights, your ability to travel. The Constitution is under threat daily from these people. 
They want all power centered in Washington and them. And they lie to you to get there. And they believe, just like Stalin and every other despot in the world does, the ends always justify the means, even if the means are atrocious and evil. They'll do it. And they are doing it. And they will continue to do it. We are at a crossroad. Oh, yeah, and like I said, um, this was a political rally that the White House fraudulently declared was, you know, a White House event. It was a political speech start to end. Calling your political rival an enemy of the state and then telling people to vote. If our Justice Department and the Federal Election Commission doesn't slap this thing down, then you know they're frauds as well, that we are in peril. When Donald Trump would go to something like this when he was president, the campaign had to pay the entire freight. In this case, the taxpayers paid for it. This, in what I'm saying, is not so much to endorse a particular side, it's to shine the light of truth on the lies you just heard. And the distortion that the media will give it worldwide. Maybe somebody, maybe one person will hear this and understand that you're being lied to by much of the media around the world. And that's why we do this program. In a few minutes, I'm going to spend time on a totally different topic. I'm done. I I don't want to talk about this anymore today. I've got other more important things. But I want to thank all of you that have supported this radio ministry and keep us on the air. There are several ways to support us. One is from the website, which is truth2ponder.com, truth2ponder.com. And there are two ways you can support us at the website. One is using Give, Send, Go, a Christian crowdfunding site, if that's your, if that's more convenient for you. We still have PayPal. We've had it for a while, and we may have to, you know, I don't know how that'll last going forward. But if you have PayPal and you want to use it today, go right ahead. And if you'd rather be, let's say, old school like I tend to be at times, and write a check, you can make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address is Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248 in Crestview, Florida. Crestview is one word, by the way, Crestview, Florida. The zip code is 32536. Once again, 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248, Crestview, Florida. Zip code 32536. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Can you hear me? We'll see. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out. Receiving a special free gift you can get and love in a moment. 
In Hebrews 5, 11 and 12, it says you become dull of hearing. You should be teachers by now, but you become dull of hearing. Well, question, what's the difference between someone who can't hear and someone who can hear but can't respond or doesn't respond? No real difference in the end. If you don't respond to the word, if you don't act on it, you don't obey it, it's the same thing as being deaf or not hearing. You might say, well, but I heard it. But if you didn't obey it, you didn't really hear it. You might say, well, I know it, but you didn't do it. If you didn't do it, you don't really know it. You become spiritually deaf. I mean, physically you hear it, but spiritually you're deaf. Get into acting upon the word, doing the word. That's how it starts. See, see, see deafness in the Lord usually comes in this way by not receiving it, not doing it, not being on fire. And and that's the point. You see, when you're not hearing God, you can be at a service and you, you hear the words with your ears, but if you're not responding, to hear God but not do it is the same thing as not hearing. If you hear a message from God, you don't respond. You didn't hear it. If you read these, if you if you're listening to my words right now and you don't receive or or then you're not really hearing it. How's your hearing? How's your spiritual hearing about God's voice? Are you in danger of going deaf? In the world, loud noises cause deafness, but in God, lack of responding does. So would you like to hear God's voice, improve your hearing? You can do it right now. Just do it. Do what he told you to do. Do what he's calling you to do. Do what he's leading you to do. Just respond. Respond to his voice. Do it and you'll hear his voice more and more, guiding you, leading you, encouraging you because those who do not do, do not hear. And those who hear are those who do. Want more? Ask for the anti-backsliding kit. Now, the free gift for you, the most incredible evidence and proof of Jesus as Messiah and the hidden writings of the rabbis and the mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it. Plus sapphires guaranteed to give you the power of living a victorious life in God. A free gift subscription. How do you get these gifts free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed with your free gifts, but call now 1-800-YESHUA, Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Now, my friend, you're on this earth for a great purpose, to be a blessing. So I invite you to join me in bringing the greatest blessing to the unreached peoples of this world, salvation on five continents with over a billion people, the most amazing, farthest way you can ever spread eternal life. Just call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. Or you can write me direct. Here's how. Just write to the nice Jewish boy box, 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's the nice Jewish boy. It's box 1111. It's Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey. It's 076. 644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying Shalom Aleichem. Can you hear me? Go for it. Peace be to you, my friend, and Messiah Adonolam, the Lord of all. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our weekend edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. It's time to leave politics behind for the week. It's also time to leave even discussion of vaccines and, and pandemics behind for the week. There's always another week ahead. What I really wanna do now is focus on another area of my life that many of you may not fully know about. Sure, I've been in broadcasting since 1972. Hard to believe that I've spent a lot of my life on the radio, behind the scenes. I've worked in both secular and Christian radio, in small markets, medium markets, and yes, even major markets. But the most important part of my life is not just broadcasting. Sure, sitting down before this microphone to talk about some of the political nonsense and some of the misleading information out there, it's important to do. 
it's important to everybody, regardless of your faith background. But one of the more important aspects of my life really goes back to my childhood. I'm not going to go into the story of my circumstances coming into this life. I've shared it before. But in my upbringing, I was adopted into a Christian home and a set of grandparents in particular that really prayed for me as a child. They felt at a young age that I had a calling on my life for some kind of ministry. Their assumption, of course, would be being a church pastor. And they did everything in their power to guide me in that direction, any chance they got. And I was never objecting to that at all. I went to a Christian elementary school and middle school. They called it junior high back then. Had we stayed in Long Island, my father decided to transfer to upstate New York near Lake Ontario to get out of Long Island. And I ended up in a public school. Had my grandparents had their way, I would have gone to a Christian high school and then on to a Christian junior college, then senior college, then seminary. And they know that that would have been my life path. Had my grandparents had their way. Life didn't work that way. Though I felt the call on my life, the doors always consistently seemed closed. Every time there was an opportunity to maybe go on and, and move my education in that direction, the door seemed to close. So I just finally moved on in my life, stayed in radio, was an active layman in my church, ended up working for a Christian college in the 1980s. And then later in life, when I turned in my 40s, the door opened to, to examine the possibility of getting into ministry. And, and I, followed that, I followed that path, never knowing where it was really going to lead. I mean, I kind of thought that I'd be staying till I retired, which would be about now at the, at the, or maybe a year or two ago, at the Christian college. And I'd work part-time in ministry ordained in my region. In other words, what a great life. My late wife and I, we had a nice home in a town called Tacoa, Georgia. I worked for the college, and I could probably travel an hour or two or three in any direction and, and help serve some churches. I thought that would be my ministry. But God had other plans, and over time, I ended up being a church pastor, and what an experience. It changed me dramatically. I look at the work of the church totally differently. And I look at the churches today, I look at our spirituality in America and in Canada and the Western world today, and it's dismal. You've got some churches out there that everybody's got gray hair and there's a lot of vacancy in, in the seating. People don't care. The majority of people are no longer involved in any kind of religion, let alone church, and even a smaller minority that are actually, actually born-again Christians. Oh, they'll lie to you and say that they are, especially if they're politicians. Not going to go there now. But I've realized something over these past years. And, and I, I'm getting more actively involved. The pandemic 
this radio program was birthed because of the pandemic. Early in, well, basically in 2019, I had made plans to, within my church body, we were going to plant some churches and and get busy with with making disciples. You know, I don't need pew dwellers. I don't need to move people laterally, one church to another. I need to go to the unsaved, the unchurched, the lost, those that are hurting. They're the ones that need the gospel. They're the ones that need to be bought in. They're the ones we need to make disciples of. The Great Commission, Matthew 28. Go make disciples of all nations. He didn't say any pew dwellers or members. He said disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And, and teach them to observe all the things I've commanded you. A lot of churches today have gone apostate. A lot of churches are now preaching another gospel. St. Paul warns about that emphatically, emphatically. I've got a clergyman that lives, oh, about an hour, not quite an hour outside of Atlanta off I-85, heading north. And I have a young person that had been a pastor in one of those kind of contemporary community churches in Texas has now moved there. And he's in the process of becoming ordained within our church group. And he and this other clergy are getting ready to launch a church on the northeast side of Atlanta. And probably two congregations, maybe even multilingual because of the the region. I'm in Virginia. I plan to do the same. I have somebody in California, another one in Texas, doing the same. And I might be adding somebody in Tennessee to help them as well. We're a small group, and I, but I feel I need to spend more time back in my primary ministry. Now, I'm still going to do the radio show. Don't get me wrong on that. I'm not, I'm not giving you some news that I'm leaving. It's just going to make for a busier time, and I pray that I can get a little bit of help in, in doing the research for this program because I have to do the research, the editing, uh, putting it all together, writing the script, making the notes, producing it, and then distributing it. It's a one-man operation. And, and I'm praying that God will grow this ministry in such a way that we can do more than we are currently doing today. But I really recognize that call on my life as a pastor. I miss preaching. I miss leading worship. I miss the opportunity when the Holy Spirit moves to lead people to the Lord. And so, yeah, there'll be a church plant near Atlanta, northeast of Atlanta. And here in southwest Virginia, I've got some opportunities and options that I'm working on. And maybe you know somebody that lives somewhere between Bristol and Marion, or I think it's Wycliffe, just north of us. Now, just so you know, We are in Chilhowee, Virginia, which is off Interstate 81, about a half hour northeast of of Bristol, Virginia, and Tennessee, about the same south, maybe 40 minutes or so south of Wytheville, not far from Amagon and Marion, if you know the area, Damascus. It's a beautiful region of the country. And my wife and I, we sold our home in Georgia to get this place so we could be near family, because I know, look, if our Lord should tarry, I'm getting older. 
And I'd rather not be dealing with moving and changing and everything else when I'm in my later 70s or early 80s. Do it now. And, you know, keep busy until until my time is done. Until my Lord says, enough. So we're here. I really want your prayers in the worst kind of way because I want this radio program to gradually be a little bit less about politics. Yeah, this program, we talked a lot about it, and we still will. But we need more episodes each week that are giving people real hope because, see, politicians and politics, the Bible says, do not put your trust in princes or the sons of men. Need to put it in God. We can vote all the people we think are the right people into office, and we'll get some periods of respite. Things might get a little bit better for a little bit of a time. I've been voting 50 years. We're worse off today than 50 years ago. So I don't put my trust there. I put my trust in my Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's why this needs to be more of a ministry than a news program. I know it's important to talk about the news and be honest and and to give you information you can't get anywhere else. But I'm increasingly having these sleepless nights where God is speaking to my heart. That voice says, the time is short. Minister to my people. I got my hand on the gospel plow. Won't take nothing for my journey now. Keep your hand on the plow.
son Jesus say Come to me, I am the way Keep your hand on the plow And hold on The truth is in the United States today The church is just a remnant Of what it once was In Canada, even worse United Kingdom, even far worse Australia, almost non-existent New Zealand The church is tiny Yet that tiny number of believers can be a very powerful voice if they're truly committed to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We live in a society now that has gone secular. You have politicians that claim to be Christians, but they're pro-abortion. They claim to be believers in Jesus Christ, but they believe in the very things the Bible condemns. Instead of talking about repentance... They talk about acceptance and celebration of sin. This is the world in which we live. My calling in life is to do two things. Share the good news of Jesus Christ is number one. And then dig into the news around us and show you where the lies really are. And I urge all of you not to put your trust in princes or the sons of men. The psalmist made it clear they will always let you down. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things the Gentiles seek will be added unto you. We're in spiritual warfare. It's a spiritual battle. This is not a battle for us as Christians. This is a spiritual battle. St. Paul made it clear, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I'm not wrestling against Joe Biden or any other politician. They are dealing in spiritual realms and they have been deluded literally by the demonic side to believe some of the things that they do and to lie so freely and willingly. Do you believe in the ministry of truth to ponder? I hope that you do. We need your help as we continue on here in this month of September. You can support us from our website. There's a way to do it there. For those that would rather do it the old-fashioned way and write a check, make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. Mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North number 3248 that is number 3248 Crestview Florida one word Crestview Florida zip code is 32536 once again Crestview Florida 32536 we'll see you next week this has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman to find out more visit our website Truth the number 2 and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.